Welcome and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. This week's discussion explores the importance of building the spiritual capacity of the Holy Spirit. The Archbishop imparts deep spiritual truths to help you gain access to the divine wisdom of God. NDW Ministries is committed to the mandate of strategic prayer and interceding for you. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and believe by faith that this is God's prophetic word for you today. Be empowered as you listen. The witness of the Spirit. There's a lot of error and a lot of misunderstanding about the office of the prophet or the prophetic. And wherever you see misunderstanding is a clear indication that there is lack of understanding. And I want to try and bring about some clarity and understanding to dismiss every misunderstanding when it comes to the office of the prophet and also our spiritual walk, our spiritual walk. I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to our spiritual walk and the prophetic or the office of the prophet. Um, if we don't correct the error, uh, we will find a lot of people attacking the prophetic, but the prophetic is uh, part of the fivefold ministry gifts that Jesus gave to the church. The Bible said when he left captivity captive and he ascended on high above all the heavens, he gave gifts unto men. First apostles, prophet, teacher, evangelists, and pastors. So the prophetic office is part of the fivefold ministry gift. So we cannot discount the prophetic because of some errors or misunderstanding. But I also think that it's because of our lack of understanding of the office of the prophet, uh, because it's a very thin line when you look at the role of the prophet in the Old Testament dispensation and the role of the prophet in the New Testament dispensation, whether you want to call it the Hebrew scriptures or Pauline revelation, New Testament, Old Testament, it doesn't really matter. Uh, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Amen. But what you need to understand here is the role that the prophets of old under the Hebrew scriptures played uh, is different from the role they play in the New Testament dispensation even though the prophetic is still necessary and, and relevant in the New Testament dispensation, the problem here is the functions, the rule, how they operated under the Old Testament dispensation and how they operate under the New Testament dispensation. Under the Old Testament dispensation, the Holy Spirit uh, came on three particular individuals and one or two uh, others every now and then as God wills. Number one, it came on the prophets and the priests and the kings. It came upon them. It wasn't in them. It was on them. And under the Old Testament dispensation, God led and guided kings and his people and nations by the prophet. It was the prophet that gave direction and the prophet literally led kings and nations uh, into battle directions and give 
a prophetic understanding of the things God required of kings and of nations. Uh, in the New Testament, we are not led or guided by prophets, by prophecy, by dreams, by visions, or by revelation. We are led and guided by the Holy Spirit through our human spirit. We are led, we are guided by the Holy Spirit through the witness of our human spirit. This is a fundamental truth and a foundation every believer must have because the lack of understanding of this truth can lead you into error irrespective of who you are and how long you've been in the Lord that we are led in the New Testament dispensation by the Holy Spirit through the witness of our spirit and not through dreams, not through visions, not through revelations, not through prophets or prophecy, but by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the New Testament church or dispensation is our guide, not prophecies, not prophets, not visions, not revelations. Please keep that in mind. Come with me to the book of Romans, the eighth chapter and the 14th verse. For as many, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Underline the word, the Spirit of God. Because you see other scriptures that talked about the Spirit of man and the Spirit. This categorically states the Spirit of God. So we are led by the Spirit of God. We are not led by prophets. Neither are we led by prophecies. We are not led by dreams. We are not led by visions. We are not led by revelation. We are led by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the mature children of God. Mature children of God. Keep that in mind. Come with me to the book of Proverbs 20 and 27. Proverbs 20 and 27. The Spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. So remember, if you look at Romans 8, 14, it talks about the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. In the book that we are reading right now, Proverbs 20, 27, he said, For the Spirit of man, he didn't say the Spirit of God. He said, For the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Go ahead. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. So, the candle of the Lord means that God will enlighten, educate, guide, and lead you as a person by your human spirit. Not by dreams, not by prophecies, not by prophets, not by revelation, but by the witness of your human spirit, God will guide, enlighten, means it will illuminate, shine in your path, give you direction, lead and guide you through your human spirit. And the reason why there's so much error and we depend on dreams, visions, prophecies, and prophets to guide us is because of spiritual laziness. Spiritual laziness. People don't want to pay attention. People don't want to work on their own spirit. You, you, you leave your spiritual responsibility for others. You can't outsource your spiritual growth to others. It's dangerous to outsource your spiritual growth to others. You need to take responsibility of your spiritual growth. You can't outsource it. So God will guide you and will lead us through our human spirit. Not through our five senses. 
not through our emotions, not through our thoughts or our imagination, and not through dreams, visions, or prophecies. So keep that in mind. Come with me to Job 32 and verse 8. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. You see, he said there's a spirit in man. That is the spirit of man, the spirit of man. And he said, the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding or illumination. In the book of Genesis, the second chapter, the Bible said that in the 18 to 19 verse, God brought all the animals of the field to Adam to name them. And whatever name Adam gave, it was so. Whatever Adam named them, it was so up to today. We stands to reason that God put his spirit in man. And so man had the mind of God, could think like God, could see like God, understood as God did. And therefore, whatever name Adam gave to the animals was the same name God had in mind for every animal. So God didn't question whatever Adam said. Adam had illumination by the inspiration of the Most High. His spirit man was educated to have understanding and insight and to name every animal correctly. And as he named them, so was it. It was so. Come with me to John chapter 7 and verse 15. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never led? You see, Jesus came on the scene, and the guy was so brilliant, and he was on top of his game, that the Jews were amazed. They stood in awe and said, This man doesn't have a formal education. How come he's so brilliant and so learned? Because he was operating by the inspiration of the Most High. There is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Most High giveth him illumination. So as much as formal education is necessary, you can operate under the inspiration of the Most High to know things, to know things that people, even with formal education, don't know and don't understand. When you operate under the inspiration of the Most High, and God guides, illuminate, leads and enlightens you and I through our human spirit, not through our senses. We are spirit beings. We live in a body. We have a soul. You need to pay attention to your spirit. You need to be in tune with your spirit man. Because God is speaking. There are so many people who want God to speak to them. I want to hear the voice of God. Father, speak to me. Let me hear your voice clearly. I want to hear your voice clear. And some people say, well, I heard the voice of God clear, clear. Listen, God don't spend his time just talking 24-7. He operates through our human spirit. He has programmed our human spirit to guide us, to illuminate us. And the human spirit of man is speaking and guiding and instructing us, but we don't pay attention. We are so distracted with everything out there that we're not paying attention to what the Spirit is saying to you and I. So let's be in tune. Let's pay attention. The Bible says, for the flesh profited nothing, but the Spirit giveth life. We spend too much time on our flesh, too much time on familiars, on material things, and spend no time 
to feed, to develop our human spirit. Whenever the Akosombo Dam water level falls, we begin to struggle with electricity power. When the water level comes up, we have more power for light. It goes down, lesser power, and we have problems with light. Because the water is what produces the power that brings light. And our human spirit is like a river. Rivers of living water. When we raise the water level in us, we produce more light. More power for light. And God deals with every one of us at every given time of our life according to the level of light we are walking in. The light I had yesterday about situations is different from the light I have today. I might have, maybe yesterday I saw you in a particular light, but if my light have increased and has gone higher or is brighter today than yesterday, I see you in a better light than I saw you yesterday. So at every given time, is your level of light. That's what the Bible said, the entrance of thy word giveth light and understanding to the simple. And that's why the Bible said, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the Bible says, in thy light shall we see light. So get more light. The Bible said, the path of the righteous shineth brighter and brighter and brighter and more brighter to a perfect day. Put your hands together. Say yes. So God needs your spirit to guide you. And we need to pay attention and stop running all over the place seeking for some revelation and some dream and some vision and some prophecy or prophet to guide us. It is, it is an error to be guided by anyone except the Holy Spirit. Not just prophet, apostle, pastors, teachers, anybody. No one is our guide but the person of the Holy Spirit. Anyone that tries to guide you and I is taking the place of the Holy Spirit. And no one must play the place of the Holy Spirit in any one of our lives but the Holy Spirit. He alone has demanded in the New Testament dispensation to be our guide and to lead and to guide us. No man, no woman. Come with me to John 4, 24. John 4, 24. God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we worship God in spirit and in truth. The truth here stands for the word of God and also honesty. Being honest with God. Working with God with a pure motive and a pure heart. Being honest with God yourself. And serving God and worship God in spirit and in truth. First Thessalonians 5 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, so he talks about your whole spirit, soul, and body. So you are a spirit. You have a soul, you live in a body. And God, the vehicle 
and the biblical protocol and methodology through which and by which God speaks and guides you and I as believers is through our human spirit. That's it. It is irrevocable and it is not negotiable. Anyone that takes that place is taking the place of the Holy Spirit. And no one must be allowed to be our guide, to lead or to direct us but the Holy Spirit. Anytime anyone, it doesn't matter how gifted, how accurate they might be, become our guide and begin to give us direction that we need to seek them before we take decisions or we travel or we buy land or we do anything or we marry. We are in error. We are in error. It's the Holy Spirit who must guide us. And he's guiding us. He's speaking to us all the time, but we don't listen. Romans chapter 1 verse 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit. Not with my thought, not with my mind, not with my emotions, not with my flesh or feelings, but with my spirit, I serve him. We serve God with our spirit. He's depending on you and I to train and to be in tune with our human spirit. Every time you hear people say, well, something told me not to go. Something told me not to do it. It's not something. It's your spirit talking to you. Listen, pay attention. You are too much in the flesh. You are too much caught into material things. You are too much into money, into fame, recognition, ego, relevance, that you are ignoring the development of your human spirit. It's the most expensive commodity on earth. Your human spirit. And we should not compromise it for anything. It's not worth it. Romans 8, 16. Romans the 8, 16. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. You see, the spirit himself, the Holy Ghost, bears witness with our human spirit that we are the children of God. So the Holy Spirit bears witness. What does that mean? Confirms. With our spirit that we are the children of God. You don't need a man of God, a prophet or a prophetess to tell you you are a child of God. You have to know it by your spirit through the work, assistance of the Holy Spirit. See, I hear you. It's something you must know. If you are a child of God, you must know it by your spirit. Come with me. Acts 16, 16 to 18. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, mm -hmm. which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Mm -hmm. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, mm -hmm. These men are the servants of the Most High God. Underline it. These men 
are the servants of the Most High God. That was true. It was accurate. Go ahead. We show unto us the way of salvation. They show unto us the way of salvation. True. Accurate. And this did she many days. Uh -huh. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Mm -hmm. And he came out the same hour. You see, so the fact that somebody prophesies or reveals something, and it is true, does not mean it's the Holy Spirit. This was the spirit of divination. What she said, these are the men of God. Correct, accurate. They were men of God. Show us the way of salvation. Correct. But the source of her revelation and her prophecy was a spirit of divination. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. So we have to be careful. The fact that people may prophesy and may say things and may reveal things and it's true or even it comes to pass does not mean that it is the Holy Spirit. We have to check the source. We have to try all spirit. We have the right to judge every prophecy. It doesn't matter who prophesies, we have the right to judge prophecy. The Bible gives us the mandate and the authorization to judge every prophecy. And no prophet is above the scripture. And no man of God, bishop or archbishop, is above the word of God. We are all subject to scripture. Even God, even God himself is subject to the word. He said, I have exalted my word above all my name. So God himself is subject to the scriptures. He, God, is subject to his own word. I've exalted my word above all my titles or my name. So if even God is subject to the scriptures, who, think, who makes you think that you, human being like you, you are above scripture? Who authorized you? Who gave you the audacity to believe that you are not subject to scripture? Come with me to Acts 17 and 16. The Amplifier says, Now while Paul was awaiting them at Athens, uh -huh. his spirit was grieved and uh -huh. roused to anger as he saw that the city was full of idols. He didn't say the Holy Spirit was grieved. Paul's spirit was grieved. I've been in situation, met people, dealt with people, and for whatever reason, everything was okay on the outside, but my spirit was grieved. Sometimes my spirit is provoked, and I can tell that something is wrong and something is off. I can't put my finger on it, I'm not seeing anything, I'm not hearing anything, but my spirit is just grieved. Sometimes my spirit is troubled, sometimes my spirit is just irritated, and sometimes I feel this discomfort and conflict in my spirit about a particular individual, and I don't know what is going on. I haven't heard anything, I'm not seeing anything. The Holy Spirit is not speaking. I haven't had a dream, I haven't had a prophecy, I haven't had a vision, I haven't heard from heaven, but my spirit is just grieved and is not sitting where with me and those are indications that something is wrong you don't have to see anything you don't have to consult a prophet you don't have to seek for prophecy or revelation or vision that is the indicator that is a red light that is a red light you don't need prophecy or dream or vision 
when it comes to who you should marry and who you must not marry. You must know it by the indication of your spirit. Because the prophet or the man of God or the woman of God is not going to dwell or live or sleep with that man and woman for you. You would sleep with them. You will live with them. So you must know whether this works for you or not. And you have to depend on the witness of the Spirit. You know, last year I went and I did some checkups and all that. And before then, I was hearing and getting all these prophetic messages was coming. Uh, you, something you have to check. We have to pray for Papa's eye, Papa's side, Papa's side, Papa's side. And it just kept coming from different, different sources. So I said, you know something? Why is I'm in America? Let me check it. So I went to New York. And I did a thorough check with some of the latest equipments. And there was nothing wrong. And the prophecy kept coming. So I went to John Hawkins in uh, Maryland. And I did a checkup with one of the best doctors. There was nothing wrong. Then when I came back, this guy came to me, Papa, you have to check your side too. I said, in the name of Jesus, let it boomerang on you. I overturn it and I confer it on you. In the name of Jesus, it shall come upon you. You will have a bad sight, not me. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, I curse your prophecy. I curse it. And you know why I did that? Because there was nothing wrong with my sight. I have done all the checkups. I have prayed. I have gone to the best. And yet, he won't leave me alone. He wants me to believe a lie. And as soon as I accept it, it will register in my subconsciousness. And then my subconscious will begin to command my consciousness. And then it will follow me into my dream. And then, you see, a lot of the dreams we have, eh, it has a lot to do with the programming of our subconsciousness. It has a lot to do with things we have allowed to enter our subconsciousness and the subconsciousness controls the consciousness. So I told him I'm not accepting it. I rebuke it. I turn it on you. Let it come upon you in the name of Jesus. And listen, listen. And these people I'm talking about, they are not false prophets. Oh. They are not false prophets. They are gospel. Some of them are my sons. But let me tell you how these things work. You know, Peter heard from, her, from God about Jesus and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Few verses or chapters after, the same Peter that God used to reveal who Jesus was, Satan entered the same Peter and began to mislead and misguide Jesus. So Satan will use the same vessel because in the realm of the spirit, it's like you have a car, key. A key will start your car. It doesn't matter if anyone steals your car key and goes to the car park and start that car. The car will respond to the key. So in the spirit world, God can reveal and Satan can reveal. So everybody throw things out there. So the fact that you are seen doesn't mean it's coming from God. Satan can also show you something about me. So you can be seeing something about me that is not coming from God, but it's something that Satan is projecting and is wishing to happen to me. But the fact that you've seen it don't mean it's from God. And the fact that you keep seeing it don't mean that you have to keep enforcing it. 
and, and, and calling my attention. I curse it. I interrupt. I override on authority. In the name of Jesus, it boomerangs. It goes back to sender. It shall not stand. Neither shall it come to pass. Say yes. Don't let people threaten your life. The fact that somebody says, well, I keep seeing casket. I keep seeing coughing. You keep seeing coughing. It's, maybe it's yours. Yeah, maybe it's you. It's your coughing, not mine. If we don't follow biblical patterns and protocol, the enemy will fool us. And I believe that God is speaking to us every time. I was dealing with a situation recently and it wasn't good. It was very bad. Very, very frightening. A life-threatening situation. And everybody was panicking. Papa, Papa. And I said, forget it. It's fine. Papa, I said, relax. And you know why? Because I had an indication and a witness in my spirit that everything was fine. So even though in the natural, it looked very frightening in my spirit, I was calm. I was at peace. And the indication I was getting by the witness of my spirit, not the Holy Spirit, not prophecy, not vision, but the witness of my spirit that this thing will end in a testimony. Don't worry about it. Years ago, I was traveling from a place in America to Virginia. And it was a very powerful place of the Indian medicine man, North Dakota. I've dealt with witchcraft, but the Red Indian witchcraft is very powerful. It's a place called North Dakota. So we flew in and I had an indication, don't fly out. Drive to the next city and fly out of the next city. So I told my staff, reroute us from the next city that have an airport, apart from North Dakota. And there was another place, there was a military base, not far from North Dakota. I said, reroute us from there. So we decided to drive. And on our way to this particular city, I had an in indication in my spirit that everybody should pray. So I told everybody, lift up your hands, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And then one of my pastors, Papa, is everything okay? I said, I don't know, but I have an indication. We have to pray. I'm feeling a red light, but I don't know what it is. So everybody just pray in the Spirit. So we began to pray in the Holy Ghost. Then we heard pow! Then the car somersaulted and stood back on his feet. Poncha, the right time, had poncha. And the car stopped, we came out. Then a car drove immediately to our, our place there. And we came out. And the Caucasian guy looked at me and said, who are you? And I said, why? He said, do you see that river there? That is the devil's lake. Google it. The name of the lake is the devil's lake. It's the red Indian medicine man's lake. Nobody gets into an accident in this place and leaves. 
no prophet told me that anything was going to happen. I didn't receive a prophecy. I didn't hear a voice. I didn't see a vision. I didn't have a dream. I just had an indicator of a red light. And I started responding in prayer immediately. And it was over 10. If we need to be guided by prophet in the New Testament dispensation, look at the amount of believers in the world and the amount of prophets we will need to guide us. And that's why we are guided by the Holy Spirit through our human spirit and not through prophets. So we need to get this thing right. God is depending on your human spirit to guide you. For the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 9, verse 10 to 12. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed, and I've seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. You see, so here was Paul. Paul at this time was not even a disciple yet. He had just been called, chosen, and had a vision and was given the name of the man that was coming to lay hands upon him, Ananias, for him to receive his sight. I have laid hands on people over the years and they, they, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues at the same time and they prophesy at the same time and they are babies. So prophesy, everybody can prophesy, every believer can prophesy, but not all believers are prophets or can be prophets. And you can also be a prophet and it doesn't mean that you have all the answers because we prophesy in parts and we see in parts. You know, Bishop Bodai had this prophet, very, very sharp, and he married and on the night of the honeymoon, the wife said to him, man of God, you say you're a prophet, eh? And he said, yes, I'm a prophet. And he said, but do you know I'm a witch? And he said, you are what? And he said, but you say you're a prophet. You didn't know, you didn't know I'm a, I'm a witch. What did he say? How did he get him? He said, the day you ate that, you ate that special pavlo soup, that's the day I got you. Watch Panam Supo. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Palm not soup. He got him through palm not soup. He had to run away. He remarried. He remarried. I hope this time he got it right. He didn't eat palm not soup again. He's married with children, but he didn't eat palm not soup. Okay. So what, what, what am I saying here? You see, you can be a prophet. To, to qualify as a prophet, you must operate in the gift of prophecy number one. And you must have two of the revelational gifts prominent in your ministry. Two of the revelational. We have three revelational gifts. 
you must have two prominent, not all three. Now, <clears throat> you must have the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, including the gift of prophecy to stand in the office of a prophet. Or you must have the gift of prophecy, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirit. Now, when it comes to the gift of prophecy, the gift of prophecy brings about comfort, edification, exaltation, but the gift of prophecy does not reveal. It doesn't reveal anything. If you look at the book of Acts, Philip had four daughters. And before prophet Agabus came to reveal what was ahead of Paul, the four daughters of Philip prophesied. All of them prophesied to Paul, but none revealed what was ahead of Paul until prophet Agabus came. So you can have the gift of prophecy and prophesy, but you can't reveal or see or foretell. Now, you can also have the gift of prophecy and have the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom operating in your life. Without the discerning of spirits, you can't discern spirits. And let me explain it to you. Anytime you see an angel, you operated the gift of discerning of spirit because discerning of spirit means the eye into the spirit well. Seen into the realms of the spirit. That's what discerning of spirit is. not suspicious of spirit. It's not the spirit of suspicion. But it is the eye gate into the spirit that allows you to see spirit beings. So anytime you see Jesus, that was the gift of discerning of spirit. The word of knowledge revealed things of the past and the present. The word of wisdom revealed things that are yet to come. So anytime you see things that are yet to come, that is the word of wisdom in operation. Anytime you see things of the past and of the now is the word of knowledge in operation. Now, whenever you see an angel or you see demons into the realms of the spirit operating behind a particular situation, like sometimes God can open your eyes and you see like a cat or a monkey on somebody's shoulder. That is discerning of spirit. That is no word of knowledge. So if a prophet is operating by the gift of prophecy, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, but doesn't have the discerning of spirit, a witch can fool him. And I've seen prophets calling witches prophetess. Because they don't have discerning of spirit. So they can't tell. Because they can't see. To see into the realm of the spirit, you must have discerning of spirit. So sometimes when the Lord opened my eyes. If the Lord opened your eyes and what you saw has to do with the future is the word of wisdom. If it had to do with the now or the past is the word of knowledge. But if you saw the personality behind a particular manifestation, that is the gift of discerning of spirits. And if we don't understand how these things work, everybody will become a prophet and a prophetess. Just because somebody prophesied, my children, my children, my children, my children, my children, my children, I am the Lord, say the Lord, say the Lord, say the Lord. 
don't don't me. There's too much ahunehuna. Somebody say threatenings, threatenings. Ahunehuna. It's too much. Let's get knowledge. Let's get understanding. If a prophet comes, don't despise prophecy. But anytime anybody gives you a prophetic word, see if it sits well with your human spirit. If it doesn't sit well with your human spirit, if it doesn't confirm what God has already told you, if what you are getting is red light to that prophecy, discard it. If you get green light, then act upon it and do something about it. And if it, is, if it keeps coming, keeps coming, it's an indication that that is what Satan wants for you. But that is not what God wants for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. He said, I know the plans I have of you. They are plans of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. And therefore, any plan that is contrary to God's plan for my life, for my family, for this house, let it be aborted in the name of Jesus. Let it be accursed in the name of Jesus. Hear me? One of the things demons, eh? One of the things demons are afraid of and Satan is afraid of is the curse of God. Is the curse of God. Any spirit that has been assigned, any messenger of Satan on assignment to afflict us mentally, to afflict us emotionally, to afflict us bodily and to afflict our wives and our children, our sons and our daughters and our loved ones, to afflict this house and afflict our loved ones. We curse them in the name of Jesus. Let them be a curse in the name of Jesus. Somebody say a curse, a curse, a curse in the name of Jesus. have to depend on the leads of the spirit. Uh, let's move on. Luke 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus, being filled of the Holy Ghost, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by prophecy. He was led by revelation. He was led by a dream he had. But was led by what? He was led by. He was led by. He was led by. Who was led? Who was led? Led by who? Please keep that in mind. John chapter 13 verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, one of you shall betray me. You see, before Judah betrayed him, he sensed it. He felt it. He didn't have a dream. He didn't have a vision. He didn't receive a prophecy. No prophet came and told him anything. But in his spirit, he was grieved. He was troubled in his spirit. And by his spirit, he knew something was wrong. Something was going on. Something is about to happen. And what was it? That he was 
going to be betrayed by someone closer to him and someone he trusted. You talk about betrayal, I've been betrayed several times. One time, one of my spiritual daughters sent me an information about one of my pastors. He was in charge of one of our branches in Accra. It's about in Tema. And they were in my house. He and the wife were praying in my house at an all night. And I got an information that he had planned to break away. He had registered his own church, the name of the church, everything. And they sent me the certificate. Registration certificate. So I called him and the wife about three in the morning. I said, listen, do you have any plans to leave? He said, no, 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 Papa, where are we going? You are our Papa. Papa, we are with you. You are with who? And the wife said, Papa, I'm your daughter. He's not going anywhere. If, if, if he leaves, I'll leave him. If he tries to leave, God will curse us. Hey! My spiritual daughter looked at her like that. And I said, God and God alone. My spirit was grieved and saddened. I didn't say anything. It was a Friday. Saturday, I called the elders of that branch. And I showed them the certificate. Registration certificate. And I told them. And I told Bishop Nyako, they are going to leave. So, prepare yourself. Put some, get somebody ready to take over. The Sunday, he went to church. And announced that he was leaving. He started his own church. And invited people to come to his house. He started a fellowship in his house. My spirit was troubled. My spirit was grieved. I didn't know what was going on. But in my spirit, I knew something was off. Something wasn't right. Until when I got that registration certificate, I understood exactly what was happening. You don't need prophecies and dreams and visions and prophets to know what's wrong and to know what's going on. God will indicate it by giving you a green light or a red light in your human spirit. So you need to develop your spirit to the place where you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Other than that, you can miss God. You can miss God. Jesus was grieving his spirit. Because someone closer to him was about to betray him. I have seen people. I had a pastor. He used to be a pastor of this church. He used to be the resident pastor of this church. Something happened and I disciplined him and he decided to resign. He came to my office. And told me that God have told him to leave. And I said, okay, do you plan to start your own church? He said, I can't tell you. I'm going to do my own thing. And I said, let me tell you something, Sam. If you want to start a church, I can help you. I'm a coach. That's what I do. I build churches. Let me help you start something. But don't bring confusion. Don't divide the church. Because most times, the problem with congregation members is when somebody is gifted and they leave, they don't even take time to find out why somebody has left. They just follow them. And they just believe in whatever they are told without making due diligence. And it's not right for me to come and stand here and tell you things. 
Because if I have to come and stand here and tell you things why certain people you used to see are not here anymore, you backslide. You stop getting born again. You become another born again. I'm telling you. <clears throat> so it's not everything I tell you. Bishop, both of them, we know things. It's not everything. I say, no, 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 no. Don't announce this. Don't tell them. Because it will break your heart and you can't. And you see, the reason why people don't understand why people can be so gifted and accurate. And yet, their lifestyle in some way is because the gift and callings of God are without repentance. And the gifts are like a car key. It can start the car even if the car is not yours. The spirit world is very vast. So it's not everything we should come and stand here and tell you and expose people weaknesses and problems uh, unless the thing is in the open and everybody knows about it. They will make an announcement to it. But if there's something, there's something going on and it can be managed in a particular place, you don't go to town with it. And I used to do those kind of things a lot when we started action. When we were at the student hostel in my father's house. Oh, yeah, yeah. People make me say, I'll just come to the church and tell everybody. Bishop, what I then will tell you? I'll come to the church and I'll excommunicate you and tell the church everything. When I started maturing, I realized that no, 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 no. That's not the way you go about it. There's a better way to manage these things. But you see, the sad thing about that is, if you don't also tell the people the truth, the same people you are trying to protect will follow those shagelelis. And then the people you are also trying to protect to, to allow them to repent will also use your favor and your grace and your mercy to deceive people and to mislead people. It's very tough to be a leader. I'm telling you. Sometimes I wish I had a spiritual father above me that I was following. So I can put some things on him. It's not easy to be a leader. Amen? So there, there are times where you are going to buy a land or you are going to travel. You bought your ticket. And for whatever reason, you don't feel it. One time, Rosa and I were traveling. I think we are coming from somewhere in Europe. And we we're going to the U.S. through London. And when we got to London, I wasn't feeling the trip. So I said to Rosa, we are not going. And she said, why? I said, I don't know. I feel very uncomfortable. I feel this restlessness, uneasiness about the trip. So I said, you know what? If you want to go, go. I'll cover you, but I'm not going. And he said, if you are not going, me too, I'm not going. Then I said, then follow me. So I checked in at the hotel, changed our flight, went to sleep. It was the next day I understood why I was feeling the way I felt. We have to be sensitive. And, and you didn't, I didn't need to call a prophet. I have a lot of them. I didn't need to call a prophet and say, son, what are you feeling and perceiving about what I'm feeling? No, you don't do that. You depend on the human spirit. You don't need to ask a prophet, should I buy this land? Should I buy this house? Should I marry this person? Should I invest? No, 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 no. It's the Holy Spirit that guides us. You have to depend on the witness of your spirit. If the deal or that land 
or house or job opportunity is not right and is not for you, the indications are in your spirit. It will either be green or it will be red. Follow that. Then a prophet can come and say, that says the Lord, I have given you this job opportunity. It confirms it. But the prophet don't have to come and guide you and say, the Lord said, go and buy that land. That is what happened under the Old Testament dispensation. But that doesn't work under the New Testament dispensation. There's a scripture in Uzziah. He said, by a prophet did the Lord bring Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet he was what? Preserved. That is Old Testament. New Testament by the Holy Ghost. He brought us out and by the Holy Ghost he preserves us. You see that there is even something we have to deal with when it comes to altars. Altars. Under the Old Testament dispensation we dealt with altars. In the New Testament, this is not an altar. It's just a point of contact. But the true altar in the New Testament is our heart. So we have to be very careful that we don't bring Old Testament things into New Testament. In a way, it's a meeting place between God and man. But the real meeting place between God and man is the heart. Now I'm not saying that God can't meet you here. He can. Angels come here. I've had all kinds of experience on the altar. But we have to be very careful that we don't let experiences take the place of divine ordinations. I don't know why you are looking at me the way you are looking at me. John chapter 14, verse 26, quickly, my time. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. whom the Father will send in my name, mm -hmm. he shall teach you all things yeah. and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So he's our comforter, he's our teacher. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. It is expedient for you that I go away. Mm -hmm. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So again, it's our comforter. John 16, 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Who guides? Who will guide? Talk to me. Who will guide? The Holy Spirit. So he, the Holy Spirit is our guide. Not prophets, not pastors, not archbishops or apostles. The Holy Spirit is our guide. We can cancel you. I can cancel you, but I am not your guide. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Go ahead. For he shall not speak of himself, mm -hmm. but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Amen. We are so blessed to have you listening with us on the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams podcast today. Our ministry exists to equip and empower God's people with the transformational power of apostolic prayer and deliverance. 
You can partner with us by bringing the revival of prayer to our global community and sowing a seed, renewing your mind through our books, or increasing your knowledge through our online school of ministries. Access all our resources at www.ndwministries.org. Know today that we are partnering with you in daily prayer for daily triumph. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to you joining next week. Give him your love. He's in love with us.